Flying Bull Productions presents Laugh, Literature, and Film. It's the good stuff. Yeah. The Laugh Podcast. 2.0. We are live and in person on your internets. I'm one of the multiple hosts today, L Train. Over there is Mr. Two Frames Bull. It's a pleasure to be here. How are you, sir? Doing well, doing well. I'm excited. And we're welcoming back for this edition our other co-host, the Regastar, Mr. Lasky. How are you? Glad to be here. Uh, I'm looking forward to today's edition. We're actually going through the um, best movies, right? Yeah, best picture. Best picture uh, nominees. Uh, this is round four, I believe. So we're halfway done after today's show. Mm. Yeah, that's sad. Sad for me. It's sad. Why? Why? It, why sad? It just it's it's going to be the end of a of a long journey through the best pictures. There'll be many more end. movies to talk about. It's not the end of anything. Oh. I, I'm surprised that they only went with eight movies this year because they I'm can glad. do a maximum of ten. I know. I'm but glad. There were a couple films I felt were left out. Yeah, but I wish they'd go back to five. I don't like this. Eight. Eight to ten nonsense. Five to ten nonsense. I mean, you're kind of scraping the bottom with some of these. I well, don't think you're kind it of was more of a marketing decision, quite honestly. Like, I'll admit, I don't They're think... trying to bring ratings to the show. I don't think Whiplash has much of a chance of winning Best Picture. Like, the movie like Foxcatcher would have had a better chance. Yeah. The original intention of the adding the five to ten thing was hoping more of the popular movies that people want to see that make a lot of money, including like those. Christopher Nolan? because Like Interstellar, yeah. I guess, although this year... Yeah, Batman, the Batman movies. Yeah, I That was, was why they did this. Yeah. I think since that has not happened... It's been hot about Christopher Nolan movies getting snubbed every year. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is like a recurring thing for you. But I think they were also hoping that if they expanded it to up to ten films, you could get some of the blockbuster films. Right, like that's the, what I just said. The populist films. And the, well, Isn't that but, what I just said? That is what but, I just said. Okay. But, we can rewind it if you want. No, I'm just... But wondering what this year there are no major films, right. which is really interesting. Everything's really like indie, smaller. Huh. Well, well, I don't think it's really the American Sniper since they made the, the change. I don't think that's largest at all. selling movie of all time, R-rated movie, right? Yeah, but no one saw that coming, and that's a month after. But it completely undermines your theory. Okay, yeah, American <laughs> Sniper now, but score another one for uh, the L trade. But when it was nominated. It had it, not it, it made been in the less box than a million yet. dollars. Yeah, it hadn't oh, reached right. the populace. And, and no one was saying this is going to be the highest grossing R-rated movie ever. So, But we are going to be talking about individual films today. Mm-hmm. Which one are we going to Eventually. start with? Uh, specifically, right uh, we're, The Theory of Everything. Yeah, we're doing The Theory of Everything, directed by James Marsh. Um, this is his first major uh, dramatic film. Previously, he's been known for uh, documentaries. Uh, he won an Academy Award for Man on Wire. Ooh, I love that movie. Uh, this movie stars Eddie Redmayne as Stephen Hawking and Felicity Jones as Jane Hawking. And it's the story of pretty much the life of Stephen Hawking, starting with when he was in college, uh, going through to modern day. And it covers his first marriage, um, his success in the field of physics, and his struggles with uh, motor neuron disease. So. ALS? Is that it? ALS, yeah. Or Lou Gehrig's, Lou Gehrig's disease. But it's a rare form of it because one of the questions I had was going into this movie, and just about Stephen Hawking in general, is why isn't he dead? I had a friend that died of ALS 
couple or three years ago, and she went out like that. Yeah, it apparently depends which uh, parts of your body it attacks. As long as it stays away from your ability to breathe on your own and your ability to swallow, you can actually last quite a long time. And Stephen Hawking has been very lucky. It hasn't affected his breathing or his ability to so swallow. So it progresses to a certain point and then stops? It, it can. Apparently, the disease is actually very varied, especially... Um, it's very the, varied? Very varied. Wow. That's uh, a lot of varies. Yeah. A lot of variables. It's like berry, berry ice cream. It's very berry. <laughs> wow. um, Lucky guy. He, he has the childhood variation of it, which... He has a very, very childhood variation. Which has a much broader range of symptoms and development. What... Would you say that he's lucky then? He's living to be... He's lived to be 80. That's longer than I want to live. But, I mean, he's got ALS and he's in a wheelchair. Well... He's accomplished a lot. Even in a wheelchair. Yeah, but can you say then that he's lucky? Well, he's luckier than those that die of it. Yeah. If we're comparing him to other people with... walk around. He's not Tom Brady. I don't think he was saying lucky compared to people who don't have the disease. He does have a pretty good attitude. Well, that was something that that in the film, they show him being very positive. Only at the very beginning of the film is he ever down and upset about his disease. When was it? Oh, okay. Well, that kind of gets into a little spoilish. No? Do you think that's spoily? We've talked about how when he finds out about it. Well, we can. We, we'll have a spoiler. Uh, uh, Lust uh, doesn't like us even end. talking about who's I don't in like, the movie. I, I want to talk about the movie without ever talking about the movie. Yeah. No, because I'm really. Okay. I, I went back it's and listened to the whiplash. Challenging to say the least. I went back and listened. Little. I listened. I listened to the whiplash edition, and I, which I thought we did a pretty good job with in terms of keeping away from spoilers. But I was probably the most egregious spoiler of all. Figures. I wasn't aware that we couldn't talk about No, no, we'll have a spoiler segment at the end where we can get into all the nuances. Okay. The spoil spoilerific stuff. Because there are some people that may not have seen this film and you wanna Yeah. They might want to get I'm our, glad you said they something. might want to get our take on it before they go watch it and then we'll cut it off. Have a spoiler have a spoiler uh episode. Well, I mean, uh, and this is where it's interesting. You're going to go see a movie and you don't want it to be spoiled for you, but if you know the life story about the person, is anything going to be spoiled for you? I mean, Stephen Hawking's life is fairly well known, or at least the major points. You think? Yeah, I would say the major, the broad strokes. And this movie really, um, even Stephen Hawking said it's broadly true. I mean, But there's so many things that happen in the story that unless you, if you, unless there can you always be spoilers in any nerd. movie, regardless. But most people who knew anything. Unless about you were obsessed, him, there aren't going to be guy. too many things in the movie that would shock them. You know he's going to be in a wheelchair. You're, you know right, he's going to get that American voice. That's not a spoiler. Um, his divorce to his wife was fairly public. All right, that's not a spoiler. We can talk about that. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking about some of the little tricks of the film and some of the interesting twists, which you alluded to him being depressed and. Of course, this doesn't have to be a referendum on whether or not we're spoiling. Yeah. No, I just I think it's inter- what, I, I think it's interesting that he's dealing with this illness, this handicap, and the film spends very little time with him actually struggling with the handicap. 
right. the, the movie seems to focus a lot more on his marriage to his wife and the difficulties they face in just raising a family and finding time for their careers. Well, are you aware it was based on the book that she wrote? Mm-hmm. I heard. So it, this, I think the film purposely is more about their relationship yes. than about the disease itself and his... I mean, it really doesn't even, and this has been a criticism of the film, it really doesn't even do much to explain his accomplishments in physics, astrophysics, whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, there, there's very little There's science. very little of that in there. So Apparently it's really so. a story of their relationship. That's yeah. the film that was made based on the book she wrote. Yeah. If you watch this movie, you think that science is done by writing on a chalkboard, and that's it. Um, so was that story compelling? Enough? Did it, did it? I think so. I, I thought it was interesting. One of the things I thought watching the film was always, oh, this is a little too pad, and you know, everything is because the wife is making it happen. There's even some line where Stephen Hawking says to his wife, "I couldn't have done this without you," and, and that reminded me a lot of Great Balls of Fire, the Jerry Lee Lewis biopic, starring Dennis Quaid. And there's a line where he's laying in bed with his wife, and he says to her, "I, I couldn't have done it without you." You know. I'm only successful because of you. The screenplay was written by his wife afterwards. And I thought, oh, you know, this movie's falling in that same category. I found an article last night, and they said uh, Jane Hawking's book, she doesn't take nearly the type of credit um, for Stephen Hawking's success that the movie says she does. Wow. Well, we're going to be fast and lose. I mean... And they play a lot with the timeline. Um, At the very beginning of the movie, they go... Out on a date, they go to a ball, uh, they have just this wonderful evening, they fall in love, and it's before Stephen Hawking has been diagnosed with his disease. In actuality, he had already been diagnosed, and she had already fallen in love with him. They had already decided to be together before they went to this dance. So there's a lot of moving time of, or events around on the timeline. Well, like I was saying, these movies that we're going to be talking about today and in the future are pretty fast and loose with the facts. Mm-hmm. And so... But they're films, they're not documentaries. I get that. Yeah. But okay, so if you change some something major about the film, or about the life, then why don't you just create a brand new character? Yeah, what appealed to you, I guess, about this person's life that you wanted to make a movie about it? Isn't and much it, of the science now discredited anyway? It, it's... Yeah, like is credited. He, I mean, it's been improved upon. It's been refined. Is he is a kind, kinder term? Is he famous because he's overcome these incredible difficulties, or is he famous because he wrote a book about black holes that seventy-five percent of the scientific community thought was groundbreaking at the time, but the other twenty-five percent or so just really thought he was way off base? And now I think a lot of his theories have been discredited. Like he would like how many other really impressive scientists are out there that don't have ALS? But I think I think most from my understanding, which is somewhat limited, I think most uh, scientists would agree that having his theories to then recalculate or disprove moved science forward that mm-hmm. had he not come up with the theories that he did, science might not be where it is. Yeah, I would say. That even if his theories were necessary, not necessarily completely accurate, they gave that gave other scientists something from which to yeah. 
Oh, I think so. a lot of the theories they were using in the 50s and 60s were just building blocks for what we use now. So just because the scientists who created those first-generation theories have been disproven, it doesn't undermine their work. Science is an evolution. I think the film could have been more interesting if it had, it had gone whole hog into showing her side of the story and just having him as really a sidebar. Like a supporting actor like that comes into her life. Maybe it wouldn't have been more interesting, but it would have been a completely different movie. And you say that it's based on her mm-hmm. book or whatever, but it seems to me like she's not even really as important. I mean, she's not the central character. No, He's still the central character. Like, you start with him she, running, and then... I don't know that she would have gotten too far without her. No, no, I get that. I mean, the movie... The movie to me seems more like his story than like her story. Just, I think it's their story. Yeah, she know? still gets a fair amount of time, especially when Hawking loses his ability to speak. Yeah, I think it's she their has she gets most of the lines. I think it's a story <laughs> yeah, of I a mean, marriage. That's the joke. All right, um, maybe I didn't. I just I'm not. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's both of their stories, and I think both of the actors did a wonderful job. I think they both disappear into their role. Everyone's talking about Eddie Redmayne and Stephen Hawking because that's just the showier role. But Felicity, Felicity Jones, yes, yeah, as Jane Hawking, I think she disappears into that role. She's completely believable all the way from when she's a college student to a wife with children. She's believable the whole time, and that's hard to play that time span. All right. I, I guess I just didn't see that part in it. I didn't see her being that... Outstanding. Is she up for an Academy Award? Yes. She is. All right. I thought she was phenomenal. Uh, it's a wow. quiet role. Okay. I think it would have been easy to go over the top in it or to be lost in scenes where you're playing up against Eddie Redmayne. I think she holds her own in a quiet part. I agree mm-hmm. 100%. All right. Boom. I'm in the minority <laughs> here, as per usual. But uh, I enjoyed the movie. I thought there was interesting... It may have been the most colorful of the movies this year. What do you it was except for Grand Budapest. There was a color. There was a distinctive color palette through oh, a lot okay. of different scenes, and it changed. Like there were, like it was washed in uh, yellow at the beginning, like almost this like bright yellow. And I, at first, I thought that you know there was something wrong with the print, or like I was questioning whether or not it was even it, it was meant to be this way and then I noticed that there were um, the next scene had a lot of green in it and then the next scene was like almost through a red filter and it didn't go in any sort of pattern that I could pick out I, I began to like notice some symbols, symbolism with the colors and I was thinking that that might be an interesting thing to go back and look at the film again and see whether or not those theories hold true, like whether or not green is symbolic of their love or whatever I was thinking at the time. I know that yellow to me seemed to be associated with the more scientific um, parts of the of the film. I guess like it, everything seemed to be shot through a filter of some sort. And there were times, though, when it was very clear and the predominant color was green. But the other times it was like it was sort of stylized. So I guess other than Grand Budapest Hotel, 
this is probably the most stylistically luscious film. Which surprised me. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting it to be very rote. Boom, boom, boom. And uh, for that reason, I would recommend it. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it is a great Stephen Hawking film. Uh, Discovery's, a great Stephen Hawking film. Well, I was going to say, Discovery's been showing uh, the TV movie Hawking, which was a British TV movie starring Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. And apparently it's the only other time someone's played Stephen Hawking. And I watched some of it, and it focuses pretty much on uh, Hawking's college days. And uh, if you watch that, and then you watch this movie, you will be under the assumption that Benedict Cumberbatch cannot act. Eddie Redmayne does such a... We can save that one for the imitation game. Okay. Part of that's an interesting part of the Well, I was going to say, Benedict Cumberbatch, ironically, has also... There's another Alan Turing movie... Oh. Besides the one that he did, and I think it was a British yeah. TV movie or something. I mean, so you yeah. think this is the best of all the Stephen Hawking movies, I, I do. of which there are and two. I mean, he shames Benedict Cumberbatch, who is a wonderful actor. I but think it also helps that he kind of looks like. It also helps that he kind of looks like Stephen Hawking, Eddie Redmayne. He kind of yeah. looks like him, and he kind of looks Cum- like one of our colleagues' husbands, yeah, which was very looked, distracting for me. Cumberbatch looked like. He looks uh, just like uh, Nicole's. It looks just like Brian. <laughs> exactly like him. Even she agreed. Exactly. Most people don't agree with me on stuff like that. Almost. Except for... I wouldn't the say wheelchair. exactly. I think there you are similarities. Sh- sh- but the, you, you, I'm telling you. Okay. I'm not going to uh, argue with you. <laughs> you, you I'm not going to knock the table over and storm it out. I, I, I've never been in the room with Brian and out of the corner of my eye I'm going, is that Stephen Hawking? Oh, wait, no, no. That, that's Brian. Not, well, Stephen Hawking now is a is sort of a caricature of what you would assume someone being stricken with a disease where you have no control of your muscles is. I'm not saying Brian looks like that. I was talking about the earlier segments. And that, that was one of the things that was really distracting about the movie for me was those stupid glasses he was wearing. It was like his glasses were always tilted and off and giant rims, really bad frame. I mean, giant frames. Like a, it was like a good... They were like Austin Powers glasses. Only, times 10. <laughs> and I thought... And they were always tilted, right? So there's something off about this character. I was like, that's because this can't he sees be right. the world slightly differently than the rest oh, of yeah, us. Yeah, I get the symbolism of it. I was like, but this can't be right. This has to be an affectation that they put in. And then I went and looked at pictures of him, and he, he, sure enough, he had those big, huge, goofy glasses. Yeah. When he, earlier in his career, why are you looking at me like that? The, the, the viewers can't see the disdain on your face. To make. The fixation. It's just something well, we're not doing video podcasts, which is a good thing. So they'd see how red <laughs> yes, your face was. <laughs> I'm not embarrassed. I'm, I'm gleeful. Okay. About my observations. All right. Anything more that we want to add about? Uh... Well, I was going to say when I saw the movie, I honestly thought the reason to see the movie is for the acting. I'm a little surprised that it was nominated for Best Picture. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. But I don't necessarily think it's a best picture of the year kind of movie. I think it's really a, more of an acting kind of movie personally. But that was just my opinion when I saw it. I don't, I don't disagree with you. It could be one of those like lesser tier movies. But If there were only five nominees, year. would it have made this list? I don't know. I would have to look at it some more. That's an interesting it, it, I'm just it. saying it's... Again, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I enjoyed it. Because, I mean, one of the reasons why I think it would have been nominated was because the top two performances in here get nominated um in a lesser year charlie cox or the uh jonathan heller jones 
Or, no, wait, that's the director. The, might have that's the character. What you, Charlie what? Cox plays <laughs> Jonathan Jones. Um, he's the, the choir lover? director. Right. Oh, I like and, that guy. He was in uh, Boardwalk Empire. And he's going to be in the new Daredevil series. He's going to play Daredevil. Oh, yeah, he's a good actor. Um, I, like I think in a, in a quieter year, he could have gotten nominated for uh, Best Supporting Actor. Right, right. Oh yeah, that's so. The since you, though. but since that's you have so many great acting performances, I think that could elevate this picture to be nominated as well as best director. Uh, is that it's for cinematography? Best. No, it's up for uh, screenplay and score. Yeah, Five nominations so. altogether. Hmm. All right, so adapted. We all agree it's a good movie. It, it's definitely worth a watch. Anything you want to do? Uh, so we're we're good now. We're ready to go on to spoilers. We want to talk about some stuff that. Yeah, sure. The, all right, so now we are officially into the spoiler realm. You are a spoiler. Spoilers. What do you got? Spoilers for this? Anything you want to talk about? That you... I I did... Once I realized that it was a movie about their marriage, not really a movie about him, which kind of surprised me a little bit, um, I found it very interesting, their relationship, and the fact that it kind of eventually devolved into what one might consider an open marriage before they got divorced, officially. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, well, Don't see of... too many movies about that. One of the big questions I had going in, aside from the fact that this disease hasn't killed him yet, and it kills a lot of people within five years, I think, was how was he able to father multiple children with him? They do explain that, or with her. Mm-hmm. They explain that in the movie. So, apparently, the disease affects different systems, and the reproductive system is not affected. So, I wonder how fulfilling the marriage was for her not only sexually but also um, emotionally yeah like was she just so impressed with his mind that they that that she, she could imagine not being with him I mean until the end apparently he was very focused on his career and everything was about supporting his career and while she did you know get her graduate degrees and she did teach some everything was always about Steven. And apparently that was one of the things that eventually drove them apart. Yeah, but she's, like, changing his diapers and... Oh, yeah, no, I mean, she's still... Dragging him up and downstairs. That's another thing. They should have moved earlier. Well, that's the other thing. She thinks he's only going to live for two years, maybe. And then you look around, and all of a sudden you've been married to the guy for 20, and he's still kicking. Oh, you think that's what happened? You don't think it was true love that kept him there? They didn't really address that. But, I mean, if if you think, I've only got to make a commitment for the next two years, because ALS normally kills someone much quicker. It's like a prison Would she have made this same commitment if she had known he was going to stay Did they know that at the time? No, did they know that it was a death sentence for Mm -hmm. most people at the time? Because Lou Gehrig didn't get it until the 50s, right? He had the adult version. No, no, not his 50s. I mean, he got it after Stephen Hawking got it. Like, Or was it called Lou Gehrig's disease when he got it? 
I mean, they, they renamed the disease after Lou Gehrig, after Lou Gehrig got it. Mm-hmm. But maybe he, I mean, it's around the same time frame. I just thought he got it after Stephen Hawking got it. I don't know. I can't remember. First. I would yeah, guess Gary. Lou Gehrig played for. I, no the, um, I think the, they do mention that in the movie. I think they do say something about. Oh, isn't that Lou Gehrig's disease or something like that? So maybe he got it in the thirties. He had to have gotten it before if they called it Lou Gehrig's disease. Cause, right, you know, but I can't remember if that was in the movie or not. I don't know. Um, he he's an active participant in the uh, what is it, the rowing culture of his class, like. I think he liked to run, and then it's at like one day. I think it happened just like it does in the movie. He's walking along, and he trips and falls, and then they tell him, "Oh yeah, you got this motor neuron disease. Uh, good luck. Too bad." Yeah. No, I mean it, it. Apparently, went from no symptoms to I mean he was on crutches pretty much within a year. Uh, his uh, courtship of Jane Hawking was very quick. I think they started dating in November and were married in July of the following year. And then they started having kids right away. Just, I believe they thought he had a very limited amount of time. Who was his mother or her mother in the film? Cause she encourages him to, oh, sorry, her mother encourages Jane to go start singing again at church. And this is where she meets and falls in love with, uh, Jonathan the, Jones. Jonathan Jones. And then eventually, I think they wind up getting married. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and they're still married, and apparently Hawking is back in her life. He's been much closer to her now, because he is now divorced from his second wife. The one that was in the movie that takes care of him? Mm-hmm. and kind the of nurse. Makes her, Yeah, she apparently... Well, my, my question was, the actress that plays Jane's mother... Isn't that someone famous? Wasn't that a cameo? I don't we, remember to tell you the truth. If you told me, I could tell you, but I don't know. Because didn't stick she encourages me. her to go... Do you think that, if you remember this part of the movie, do you think that she was encouraging her daughter to go see that... Or to go join the chorus because there's this, like, available bachelor who's good-looking and virile... I think that's the way you. you I think you could read that into the story. Sure. I wonder if it happened like that. I wonder if that's another fact they changed because that was kind of interesting to me. I was like, wow. Yeah, I don't. I haven't read the books she wrote. I don't know what's true and what's not true. No, I mean I know she sang at church and apparently she was very religious and Stephen Hawking was not so religious that she hopped into an adulterous affair with the choral director at the church. Apparently, it was platonic for a long time. And uh, didn't they make out in the church? Okay, a movie versus a book. Yeah. Welcome so. to Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Happens I mean, all the time. I Things mean, she have horrible, to be dramatic and interesting. Is, Otherwise, is she a horrible person? it's a documentary. Because she decided to go and find someone else to be in love with? I mean, this happens all the time. Is it just special because it's, her first husband's you know, in a wheelchair? The way that they, make, they, they present it in the movie is he kind of lets her go. Yeah. And the bigger, I don't know, the way they, it seems to me like the way they present in the movie, his betrayal of her, when he asks the nurse to go with him to America instead of her, is the, is the place where the, where the marriage breaks up, right? Mm-hmm. But I think at one point he encourages her to take the, 
take take a camping trip with uh, the choral director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when they. That's when he gets um, sick. Yeah, he 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 goes into a coma, mm-hmm. and then when he comes out of the coma, he's not able to talk anymore. Okay. So no, I, my chronology was wrong. Sorry. I guess with his blessing, she enters into this adulterous affair. So no, I guess it doesn't make her a bad a uh, bad person. It does make her a bad man. No, I mean that's that's where the movie shows a lot of skill in keeping her a likable character, even when she does stuff like that. Well, I think we, we never blame her for her actions. I mean, we well, because he releases them. her from it. Yeah, but I mean that's still that's hard to do and to make it believable. And I mean, I felt like it was believable the whole time while I was watching it. Yeah, I, I understood everyone's motivations and didn't blame anyone for their decisions. I'm, I, I, I think that's part of the point of her book and the movie that they decided to make, which is about their relationship all the complexities of their relationship. There were two people who loved each other very much and wanted each other to be happy. I think there was there were certainly times when he probably wanted to push her away and say, go have a life instead of being my nurse. Mm-hmm. And it got to that point where he said, if there is someone, yes. Yeah, in the movie he says it without really saying He knows she needs more than he can give her. Just kind of... Nudges her out of the. That's why I said it became an interesting story of what event, what devolves into an open marriage temporarily until they decide to get divorced. That's hmm. what they had, hmm. which is the choice that all of them made, and they all made it together. It wasn't necessarily an adulterous affair. He knew it was happening and gave his blessing. Right. They all just sort of tacitly agreed on the adultery. Right. But yeah, I guess that was interesting. I just, I don't know. I still saw it as, I, I don't know. I'm not saying that the movie was bad, or I actually kind of liked it, but it just it didn't do it for me. So. Yeah, no. I, like I said, okay. it wouldn't have been my choice for Best Picture. I don't even think it would have made this list if it was only five, personally. We didn't mention. Not that it was bad, but it wasn't, it was really an acting you think he'll win the best actor? Or do you want well, to we're say doing that? Well, we're doing a podcast about oh, yeah, predictions. Yeah. I'm not giving away prediction for free. Away a prediction for Who are you? you got to listen to the next podcast. Yeah. yeah. If you where want the milk, you... you need to buy the cow. Exactly. Where, where can you listen to the next podcast? Well, uh, our listeners have three options. One, they can just go to thelaughpodcast.com, the official website of Laugh and Flying Bull Productions. Download or listen to us streaming there. Um, if they have an iOS device, we're available on iTunes. And uh, if you don't have an iOS device, so if you have your Android phone or if you have a Nook or a Kindle, you can download the Stitcher app because Stitcher is radio on demand. It's an award-winning free app that's available on Android, iPhones, uh, Kindle, Nook, and on over 4 million car dashes. Yeah. If you go to our website, you can follow the link. And if you want this podcast was sponsored by Stitcher. We're in a we're in a partnership with them. We're in a partnership agreement yeah. with Stitcher. Gotcha. That's the short ad. <laughs> you have to say all of that? Eh, I'm supposed to. Uh, there's actually more, but I'm not going to do it. Apparently people give me a hard time about it. <laughs> who, who would they be? Uh, if you want to contact people us, people whose ears are bleeding. You could uh <laughs> 
You can difficult to listen see to us on. Uh, you can give us a rating on iTunes. We would we appreciate like. it. Uh, write us a review. That really helps move us up. Write us a review. Yes. Um, you can tweet that. us at the Laugh Podcast or visit us on the Facebook. Yes, the Laugh Podcast. Um, in the Facebook. Yeah, and clearly you're not on it. Pull up on the Facebook where you can. Why are you joining in with that? It's a laugh thing. Yeah. Um, okay. But we, we have a poll for uh, who you think is going to win for a long time. various Oscars this year. So Ooh, you go to the Oscar poll on the Laugh Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Follow the link and let us know. Or feel free to just you know write us an email and let us know. And if we can, hopefully we'll have quite a few responses to that so that we can give you the outcome on the Oscar prediction. Send us a telegram. If you're so inclined. Carrier pigeon's nice. Yeah. We like that. Smoke, Smoke signals. signals. Oh. Uh, <laughs> well, All right. So Skywriting. It's a good one, too. Morse code. Well, that's what they use for telegra- telegrams. Right, man. You're redundant. That's, there's Sorry. no different Morse code. Than that. That's not a telegram, is it? Probably not. Since we don't have a Morse code machine <laughs> that would receive the... This, the signal that they sent. Speaking have to wait of for the telegram. Morse code machines and breaking down telegrams and figuring out ciphers, our next podcast will be on the imitation game. Ooh, I can't wait. Which is another biopic. <laughs> or biopic. <laughs> uh, Mr. Two Frame said biopic earlier. I didn't stop him, though. I think you can say it either way. Really? Yeah. Sorry. I think that's a... You're just so eager to it's make like, fun of me. <laughs> tomato, no, tomato. I waited till the end of the podcast. I think either one is acceptable. <laughs> really? I do. All right. I've heard biopic before. Biopic. Like biopic I'm so glad you're here. That's why I didn't even hear it, reason. because I've heard that before. He's not the first person to say that. All right. I thought he coined the expression. Sounds like a disease to me, but that's fine. We will that's discuss... Biopia. <laughs> Your opic. So the disease would be biopia, right? Not being biopic, uh, like myopic uh, and myopia. Oh well. <laughs> so for the next uh, biographical movie, we're going to discuss the invitation game on the next the Laugh Podcast. Hope you guys are able to join. See us. See you then. Look forward to seeing you then. For Mister Two Frames, it's over been a there. pleasure. And the Registar. Glad to be here. I'm the L Train. Poxet Bonum, everybody. There be dragons. Someone, you know, in England, you can have prop bets for pretty much anything. Like, mm-hmm. what will the sex of the next royal family member's child be, or how many? I wonder what an androgynous would pay off at. Well, I don't know, but I bet you that's that's one thing you could choose. These guys, you'd this... win a lot if it was, yeah, because the odds are against it. Eighty to one, right? Anyway, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Is androgynous a gender anyway? It's not androgynous. Uh, what is it called? Yeah, what's Jamie it Lee Curtis? Andro- it's not. Jamie Lee Curtis is she's not. She's hermaphrodite. She's not a hermaphrodite. That's the theory. No.
the theory I of heard Lady, Lady that's Gaga. A, that's a popular. No, I heard. Uh, hermaphrodite is. Because, you're right. Hermaphrodite is a gender. Because that, androgynous that, is not a gender. That yeah. followed her around since androgynous the 70s, is a lifestyle. Hermaphrodite, and then all of her children are adopted, which only led to further speculation that she was a hermaphrodite. Oh well, aren't all of Angelina Jolie's kids adopted? No, she's no. They she's did have her and Brad Pitt did have one or two children. They were adopted yet, until Brad. Pitt. One of those children is going through gender identity issues. Perhaps that. Wow, we have fallen down the rabbit hole. Their children? <laughs> no, but the, <laughs> it's going to be in that reality show with him. Oh, interesting. At any rate, a lot of this stuff could have been saved for the Oscar uh, edition of the Laugh Podcast, which we're going to do at some point in the future, and not round four. Well, not the best that picture. stuff. I was going to say, why does that stuff need to be saved for any podcast? Well, I think we started with we're a discussing about... all kinds of pop culture detritus. <laughs> is what we're doing. That's the Ooh. great thing about rat holes. Pop culture detritus. That's a good name for a rock band, like an indie punk band, or this podcast. <laughs> they could be the spinoff show for Flying Bull Productions. There you go. All right, put that into production now, Mr. Yeah, Two Frames. Let me make a note. Let me make a note. <laughs>